if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob Fratt's Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. It is indeed, and good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. We get started now at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the 28th morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2020. We are less than one week away from deciding the future of this country, whether we will continue to embrace liberty, freedom, our Constitution, or whether we will embrace big government control over all of our former liberties and freedoms and the beginning of a socialist nation. Uh, I do not say that recklessly. I say that very carefully, and I say that very thoughtfully, because it is literally that serious. I disagree with you, Hewitt. I disagree with my friend Hugh Hewitt, who said, people said in 76, when Carter won, it was going to be the end. They said the same thing in 1980. They said the same thing, and blah, 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 and he went through and said, but we always recover. Uh, so it doesn't matter if Trump or Biden wins, the Constitution will stand strong, et cetera, et cetera. No, it won't. I disagree with you, Hewitt, immensely here. This is very, very much different from any of those previous elections. Because this election, if we get it wrong, is also going to result in a Democrat-controlled Senate, and they are going to make sure that we can't just bounce back after a four-year mistake. Because the Senate is intent upon making sure Republicans never get power again. The Democrat Senate will be focused on making sure we expand the Supreme Court, making sure we expand the number of states, increasing the number of senators beyond 100, 200, 200, 400, 6, depending on which states that they can get approved, which would, of course, be signed off upon by President Joe Biden. Uh, and then, of course, there would be two liberal senators coming from each and every one of those states. We would never be able to regain power again. It is not like the other elections. Never before have other elections threatened to ramrod horrific, and I mean horrific, abominational school curriculum down the throats of children where American history would be erased and replaced with fiction in order to generate reparations and social justice and all kinds of other things that have nothing to do with education. Never before has the United States faced the prospect of being led by a party that believes it is inherently evil. Let me say that again. The Democrat Party believes 
that the United States of America, as it was founded, is an inherently evil place to be. That's not my statement. This is the statement of the liberal Democrats who believe that the Constitution is an evil document. I'm not expressing hyperbole here. I really want you to understand that. Listen to and look at what Democratic Senator Ed Markey said. I talked about this with you yesterday. It's extraordinarily important to keep this front of mind. Ed Markey yesterday, after the Monday night confirmation of um, uh, Justice Now, I love saying that, by the way, I love saying that, of, um, of uh, Justice Amy Coney Barrett, Ed Markey went on to Twitter and declared the United States Constitution to be racist and to be bigoted and to be um, uh, essentially evil, like, as I said. And Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee, is the only one to call him out on that and to demand a retraction of some sort. Senator Mike Lee went on Fox and said, it is beyond irresponsible for him and them, Since no, and this is the thing, you can say, well, that's just one guy. It is not just one guy, because not one single Democratic senator or member of Congress in either body No one has condemned or disavowed the remarks of Ed Markey calling uh, the United States of America the evil center of this country or center of this world, essentially. Here's what Mike Lee had to say. A lot to unpack there, but the first thing I'll mention is the fact that the last time this was seriously undertaken was by President Franklin D. Roosevelt, starting in the fall of 1936. Now, he failed uh, by the spring of 1937, but that attempt to pack the court uh, with a nine-member court that's now about uh, 151 years into its existence as a nine-member court ended up suffering as a result of that. Uh, You can't undertake or even threaten an action like that without threatening serious damage to the judicial independence of the Supreme Court. So I think it's irresponsible. It it doesn't work well. Right. Uh, it doesn't sit right with the American people when it shouldn't. Well, put it this way. All right, hold on. That's that's just part one of the uh, of the uh, Mike Lee statement. Part two had to do with specifically Markey's condemnation of the Constitution and constitutional original. Take that on? It, yes, I absolutely do, Brian. Um, it, look, this is patently irresponsible. Of all the irresponsible and inflammatory statements I've heard over the last few weeks, and I've heard some doozies. This might well be the worst. If you think about what he's really saying there, Senator Markey has essentially said that our Constitution yes. is racist, and an effort to understand it, understand its words at the time they were written, uh, is itself racist and bigoted. I can't think of a statement that has a greater tendency to undermine the foundation of our constitutional republic. I hope, expect, and demand that Senator Markey retract his statement. It's irresponsible. It is irresponsible. He is not retracting it. He will not retract it. The direct tweet from Ed Markey, again, a Democratic senator from Massachusetts, the direct tweet reads, quote, Originalism is racist. Originalism is sexist. Originalism is homophobic. Originalism is just a fancy word for discrimination. End quote. This is what he said after Justice Amy Coney Barrett was uh, confirmed. Originalism, which means constitutional originalism, 
is racist, sexist, homophobic, and discriminatory. In other words, he just described the U.S. Constitution, the greatest document ever written in the history of man outside of the Bible itself. The Constitution of the United States, which has created the greatest force for good and for liberty and for freedom in the history of humanity. That is the Constitutional Republic known as the United States of America. That constitutional do- that constitution, that document, is racist, sexist, homophobic, and discriminatory. Ed Markey just told you that he, a Democratic senator, one of the 100 most powerful people in America, not named the President of the United States, because the senior body, the upper chamber, if you will, of the Senate, is, is the most powerful. One of the one, most 100, 100 most powerful people in America said that the Constitution upon which this great nation was built is evil. And not only is he not retracting it, not one single solitary liberal Democrat or centrist Democrat or any Democrat has condemned or disavowed those remarks. I want you to understand this. When you go to vote one week from yesterday, or if you are among the millions who are voting early, I want you to consider and I want you to tell everybody you know who is going to vote. Consider the fact that one of the two parties that is on the ballot in the presidential race and in some Senate races and some congressional races, one of the two parties hates this country. As a party, not as an individual, as a party. Because if they will not disavow the criticism of the United States Constitution as being racist, sexist, homophobic, and discriminatory, then they obviously are saying, we agree with those sentiments. We agree that the United States Constitution, the document upon which this great nation was built, is evil if they hate this country so much so that they would put it in those terms and refuse to disavow someone who does how on earth can you elect them to lead it the only answer to that question now i want you to understand what i'm saying here i don't speak haphazardly, or at least I try my very best not to. I want you to understand what I'm about to say. The only way you can legitimately cast your vote for a party that has expressed literal hatred for the Constitution is if you share that hatred. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, liberal Democrats who might be listening, and I know there aren't a ton because we have a very conservative audience. I'm telling you right now, if you are a centrist even, maybe you are a middle-of-the-road voter, if you cast a vote for a party that has publicly declared this country to be evil, then you are casting a vote for someone who wants to destroy that evil. Barack Obama used the words fundamental transformation of America. You don't try to fundamentally transform something that is good.
you don't try to fundamentally change something that works. You only try to fundamentally transform something that you hate, that you despise. Liberal Democrats are running for office so that they can change, fundamentally transform a nation that they say is as being built, see as being built upon a document of evil. I wish I were overstating this. I'm not. In fact, I'm understating it. If I could find a way to into a microphone to do what you can do on a computer screen, which is increase the font of what you're writing, boldface it, underline it, underline it, and italicize it all at the same time so that you could understand the importance of what I'm saying, I would do that. But since it's radio and I can only give you the spoken word, hear my spoken words. If you vote for the Democrats, you agree with them that the United States is an evil country that needs to be reformed they describe this country's founding document the constitution of the united states by their own words as sexist racist homophobic and discriminatory they hate america i'm not stuttering they hate america and if you vote for them to destroy America because of its evil as they see it, then you hate America as well. I hope I'm making this clear. It's 920. We're going to take a time out. Steve Moore, President Trump, uh, Trump's uh, chief economic advisor, is scheduled to join us at 935 to talk about tomorrow's release of the GDP numbers. Also coming up on the program, R.J. Howman, uh, President and CEO at FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, will join us at 1035 today to talk about a host of issues related to immigration and the upcoming election. But the vast majority of the show today is going to be you and me together at 216-901-0945, Right back. Okay, it's 925. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. I want to get a few phone calls in here. Um, lest you think I am not going to address Philadelphia, um, be, be aware. Uh, I have plenty to say about Philadelphia. And the Black Lives Matter looting, destruction, assault, and attacks on innocent people and innocent business owners and employees and police officers, all because a police officer, two police officers, officers, in fact, defended their lives against a knife attack from a career criminal who had already done time for gun charges and who rapped openly about wanting to kill police. He tried to follow through on his rap and carry the act out, was killed in the process. And this, this is why Black Lives Matter, a criminal, domestic terrorist organization, is burning down the city of Philadelphia in defense of a career violent criminal who attacked police officers with a knife. 
No, he didn't cut them, but not for lack of trying. Police officers used their guns. You want to know why guns were invented? So that you could kill an attacker from a safe distance before they got upon you. So you didn't have to engage in knife fights. Philadelphia is burning over a police-involved shooting of a career violent criminal who was attacking them with a deadly weapon. Yeah, you, you can probably, it's a pretty safe bet that I've got more to say on that. Let's go to Tanya calling us from Akron on AM 1420, The Answer. Tanya, good morning. Go right ahead. <clears throat> good morning, Bob. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Hey, Tanya. You're, hey, well, I'm sorry, what? I did not hear that about Bob Ed Mar- Markey, but I did get because you know I'm a person of faith. Whoa! Mm-hmm. What's that? Hello? Yeah, uh, Tanya, I don't know what you're woeing. What, what did you, I don't know what's going on. Okay. Do we have a bad connection? I think we have a bad connection, yeah. and we have a delay here that's like oh. six seconds long between that- what I say and what the, the caller hears. we got a problem here on the phones. Tanya, let me put you on hold. All right, I'll come back to you. Uh, let me see if this continues with Joanne in Twinsburg. Joanne, can you hear me? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, go right ahead, Joanne. Let's see how this works out. Okay. Um, first of all, don't these senators all take an oath to the United States Constitution, first and foremost, and they're violating their oath? Yes, they, in Number fact, their oath is to uphold. Their, their, their oath absolutely. is to uphold and defend the Constitution of the exactly. United States. You're correct. Not trash it. And, I mean, that's right. enough said on that. And now, with all due respect to the veterans in the audience, the TJs, the, you know, the Navy man, Norm, you know, those guys. Yeah. When is somebody going to address the fact that no matter who wins this election, we are probably not going to be 50 states anymore? <laughs> it's going to happen. People who want to be free are not going to live in a Joe Biden America. Something's going to happen, Bob. People well, are. Well, what do you mean when we won't be 50 states? Session, What's going I mean, the first state to secede, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'll be very honest. I am not going to live under tyranny with a government telling me how to live. And that's what your problem with Hugh Hewitt is. Hugh Hewitt thinks the government is the, the, the fixer of all evils, and the government is not your friend famous words of ronald reagan <laughs> you're right that's very true that is you're right that is very true those are the famous words of ronald reagan and i'll say this in response to man and thank you for the phone call i don't think there is going to be a move for secession or anything drastic like that upon simply the election of a joe biden kamala harris ticket or technically let's be real they're setting up. Why do you think Tony Bobolinsky last night uh, laid everything out the way that he did, he did and the Democrats aren't even trying to defend Joe Biden other than to say it's Russian disinformation? They want Joe Biden to be uh, on the hook. They want Joe Biden to be in peril so that when he wins and he is removed from office, their true leader, the most liberal senator in the United States Senate, Kamala Harris, will take over. So I don't think it will happen upon the election of that ticket. But once we start to see, especially if, as I predict, if they win that office, they will also win the Senate. Once they start to to do the court packing, once they start to uh, bring uh, uh, and sponsor the Green New Deal up for votes uh, in the United States Senate, which would then be ratified by the the Democrat-controlled House as well, 
once they start carrying out those grand transformational plans, that's when, and it may be a little while, that's when people may say, I can't be a part of this. Uh, I want, you know, I want my country back. And if I have to start it over, that's what I will do. Um, I don't know if everybody is going to be making a beeline to that or not, but uh, but it's going to take a little bit of time. It's not going to happen upon simply the election of Kamala and Joe Biden, but it it will happen eventually. All right, let me get a quick uh, timeout for news here. We'll see if Steve Moore is available, uh, economic advisor to the president. If not, right back to your phone calls on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 936, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. A little bit of scheduling snafu. I thought that might be the case with Steve Moore. Uh, So we're going to pass on this one for now and go right back to your phone calls. But I do want to give you a little bit more on what I was discussing going into the last call segment. Um, Black Lives Matter is a very dangerous domestic terrorist organization that believes in nothing. Let me say that again. They believe in nothing except self-enrichment and advancement. And it has nothing to do with defending black lives. You know, the first two words in the BLM acronym are black lives that are supposed to matter. They care not one lick for black lives. Understand this. This is a for-profit venture and nothing less that Black Lives Matter is. They are a domestic terrorist organization hell-bent on enriching the people at the top of Black Lives Matter. And I'm going to tell you exactly why. The first part is what's going on in Philadelphia right now. Every city, every town, burn the precincts to the ground. That's their new chant. Give them a little bit of credit for originality. originality. At least they're not doing the hey-ho, hey-ho, something, something, something's got to go. That's what they always do, or almost all the left-wing protest groups. So they came up with a new one, and they want to burn every police precinct to the ground because police are the problem, you see. Police are the problem in Philadelphia. A police officer shot and killed Walter Wallace, Jr., So therefore, burn police stations down to the ground. And oh, by the way, burn down the footlocker, burn down the five below, burn down the Nike store, burn down the dicks, burn down the department stores, burn down the convenience stores, burn them all down. Because police shot and killed something called Walter Wallace Jr. And yeah, I said something, not someone. Because people like this, who are career violent criminals, do not deserve the designation of being people. These are animalistic people with animalistic tendencies, so I'll refer to them as what's not who's. Walter Wallace Jr. was a 27-year-old rapper with a record and a, a history of proclaiming his desire to kill cops. I want you to understand that. 
The city of Philadelphia is burning. They want to burn the precincts to the ground. They want to burn all of those stores to the ground. They want to smash their windows. They want to uh, uh, assault the, the workers. They want to steal and loot the goods over a 27-year-old career criminal. In 2017, the 27-year-old Walter Wallace Jr., then 20, uh, 24, pleaded guilty to robbery, assault, and possessing an instrument of a crime. He kicked on the door of a woman and put a gun to her head. He was sentenced to 11 months to 23 months in jail, which, of course, must just be another instance of the racist criminal justice system coming down on a poor black guy. But it didn't start there. In 2013, he also pleaded guilty to resisting arrest and punching a police officer in the face. This man hates cops. This man obviously hated women, or at least at that woman, in the, in the uh, case in which... And, and by the way, it should also be pointed out, if he pleaded guilty to resisting arrest and punching an officer in the face, then he did much, much, much worse than that. You understand that nuance of the justice system, right? When a district attorney offers a plea deal, it means we are going to lessen the charges against you, in order to get you to plead guilty. So what he did was actually much more than just resist arrest and punch an officer in the face. He also pleaded guilty in the uh, case that I described in which he kicked down the door of another woman and put a gun to her head, robbery, assault, and possessing an instrument of crime. He pleaded guilty there, which means he did much worse than what the guilty plea was. That's the only reason there is a plea. So this guy is armed with a knife. Police are called about this dangerous criminal with a knife, police show up, they pull their guns and demand from a distance that he drop that knife. And instead of dropping the knife, he came around a car, continued to advance toward them until he picked up the speed of his advance, in which the two police officers did what they were supposed to do. They defended their lives and the lives of others around them from this nut with a knife. They shot him. Now, here we go. A relative previously reported to the media that Wallace had struggled with mental health issues and was bipolar. So that means what? That police officers shouldn't have shot him. They should have allowed themselves to be stabbed by him because he's bipolar and he might not know what he's doing. They should have, they should have just allowed him to advance upon them until they got, clo- uh, they got close enough to try to, to stab them to death. Officers had been to Wallace's home twice before the day he was killed for domestic disturbances. The family told the newspaper the third call was for an ambulance to help him deal with his mental health crisis. Let me, let me give you the spoiler alert here. When a police officer responds to a call about a man with a knife who then starts threatening them, it is not, mental health is not their concern. Physical health of themselves and the people, the bystanders and others around him, that is their concern. And nothing else. Their job is to protect and serve the people of the community. They cannot protect them if somebody is slashing them with a knife. Now, let's go back to what I said at the beginning. Black Lives Matter, which is burning Philadelphia over this guy, this career criminal, with a record of at least two felonious, uh, two felonies, rather, that he pled guilty to. This guy 
is uh, is is the the latest cause for Black Lives Matter to burn and loot and steal. Actually, BLM, burn, loot, murder, is 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 a popular uh, acronym as well. But BLM is pretending that they care about black lives because of the death of Walter Wallace Jr. at the hands of police officers. They're pretending to care about black lives. What I would like to know, if black lives matter so much to that organization and to the loudmouth celebrities that defend and promote those organizations and that fundraise for those organizations... What I would like to know is, why aren't you in Cleveland? You understand the question? Why aren't you in Cleveland? Are you aware that the city of Cleveland just recorded its 149th homicide of 2020? 149 homicides in the year 2020. For the sake of comparison, last year, on the same date as our 149th homicide, we had 102 homicides. That is an extraordinary number. 149, up 47 from the same time a year before. Now, to give you further example, last year, in the entirety of 2019, there were only 129 homicides. So if the year 2020 ends right now today, there are 20 more homicides than there were last year. But the year doesn't end today. We still have two more days of October, all of November, and all of December. The pace that we are on is going to have us at around 175 to 200 homicides in the city of Cleveland. And you might say, well, what does that have to do with Black Lives Matter, Bob? What does that have to do with the Philadelphia situation in which BLM is chanting to burn every precinct to the ground? In which BLM is looting, robbing, stealing, and assaulting? What does that have to do with Cleveland's homicide rate? Well, let me tell you. The city of Cleveland, with its 149 homicides factored into its population, is actually 4.7 victims higher per 100,000 residents than the homicide rate in Chicago. Chicago, the shooting gallery of the Midwest. Chicago, the shooting gallery of America, quite frankly. We have a higher rate of homicides in Cleveland than they do in Chicago. And you say, yeah, but Bob, what does that have to do with BLM? You started this segment talking about Black Lives Matter. And how black lives matter, or uh, how black lives don't actually matter to black lives matter. How can you say that? I'm getting there. Of the 149 homicides so far in Cleveland this year, 142 of them were committed by black people against black victims. Two of the remaining seven, were dead police officers killed by black perpetrators. If you take the two police officers out, then 102 out of 147 homicides are black perpetrators on black victims. In other words, 
black people are dying in the city of Cleveland at an alarming rate. And when is the last time you heard from the kid from Akron? I'm just a kid from Akron. Look what I was able to do. Winning NBA championships and NBA MVPs and and, and I'm just a kid from Akron. And Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Oh, my gosh, Breonna Taylor. Oh, my gosh, George Floyd. Oh, my gosh, Ahmaud Arbery. Black Lives Matter. I'm a kid from Akron. And this is appalling to me. Oh, my gosh, look at all of these black people dying at the hands of police. Black Lives Matter. Where is the kid from Akron? The kid from Northeast Ohio. When black people in Northeast Ohio are losing their lives at extraordinary rates, where are you, King? And yeah, I'm focusing on LeBron James because he's one of the biggest celebrities in the world with one of the biggest mouths in the world, and he's one of the biggest hypocrites in the world because he doesn't give a rat's ass about black lives. Unless there is a cause that he can use to expand and grandstand upon his brand. When a black life is taken in a confrontation with a police officer, regardless of whether the police officer is right or not. He doesn't care about black lives. When is the last time he showed up in Northeast Ohio to say we have to do something to stop black people from being killed? By other black people. I'm focusing on LeBron because of his outsized ego and his outsized mouth and, yes, his uh, uh, personal history with Northeast Ohio, but he's not the only one. Didn't the Cleveland City Council pass a resolution declaring racism to be a public health crisis? Didn't the Cleveland City Council do that? Where are you? How about black people killing other black people in the city of Cleveland being declared as a public health crisis? Black people are dying. Why do you think it is that 81% of African Americans in a survey by Gallup just about a month ago declared They want the same police presence they already have in their neighborhood, or they want it to be increased. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that when scumbag city council members and mayors and celebrities call for the defunding or the uh, abolition of policing, why do you think that most of black America says, are you out of your minds? We want our cops here. They protect us from the threats that are in our own community. 142 out of the 149 homicides in Cleveland just this year are black criminals killing innocent black people. Do black lives matter? I'll say it. Well, yes, they do. And those black lives that are being taken in the city of Cleveland, their lives mattered. When is somebody going to step up and stand up for them? 
We'll come right back on AM1420, The Answer. Okay, 9.56, short segment here to wrap up hour number one. Let's go to, oh, you know what? We're going to retry Tanya in Akron. We had a bit of a phone issue with her earlier. Let's see if it it is uh, worked out now. Tanya, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Can you hear me? Go ahead, Tanya. Okay, Bob, I think that uh, you're on fire this morning. <laughs> okay? Now, my whole thing is that uh, Bob Markey, I mean, Ed Markey, he comes from a state of witches. So first of all, uh, all of this is evil. And if we don't get a hold to this, that we understand evil, there's an evil and there's a good, I don't know what we're going to do. My whole idea is right now is I've been fasting and praying, and I'm just going to ask people, if you wake up next Wednesday morning and your country is gone, it's your fault. Didn't get out and vote. You were afraid to talk to your friends and relatives. And there's no good, going to be no one here to rescue us. The suburban moms that think they can live in suburbia without it touching them, but because Trump is not a nice guy, and they'd rather have someone who said that they're going to change the Supreme Court, trust and believe. When people say they're going to do things, they're going to do them. When BLM says they're going to burn down police stations, they mean it. But if you sit around and be a pansy, don't ask anyone else to rescue you because we are the only country that can rescue ourselves. Everybody else has fallen. This is a I want to combine those two things. Tanya, I want to combine <laughs> those two things. And I, and I thank you for the phone call and keep listening as I combine what you talked about. You talked about how you've been fasting and praying. Uh, but yet none of that is going to matter if we don't take care of things ourselves. I think you're right. Let's combine those two things. We need to do it ourselves, um, and we need to cast our votes, and we need to stop this evil takeover of America, uh, of every aspect of our of our lives. Um, our lives will be less free if the Democrats win in if six days, uh, period, point blank. We will have less freedom and ability to survive and thrive and achieve more and more in this country if the Democrats win. It is just that simple. So we must do our part. But the part you mentioned at the beginning about praying. Somebody posted on my Facebook page this morning in response to my commentary on the Tony Bobolinsky interview with Tucker Carlson last night, which we will talk about in hour two. Cat, uh, uh, um, a uh, Facebook commented to me the following. Please, Lord, let people open their minds and hearts to this information and recognize the danger he and his family represent. She was speaking of Joe Biden. And my response to her was, amen, we all need to be praying to God for his guidance. God's people are in serious, serious jeopardy. And we need his help. We need to him to, to ask him to lift his divine spirit and countenance upon us and and touch the hearts and minds of people to make them you know see the light and do the right thing to protect this gift that he has given us this gift of freedom this gift of liberty 
this gift of the United States of America, which has been the greatest force for good in his name in the history of the world. We don't need to have it fundamentally changed or transformed. We need to defend and protect it. This is the greatest force for good inside and outside her borders in the history of humanity. And we need to ask God to bless us with wisdom to handle it ourselves. Right now, and of course specifically in six days, on election day, to protect this in his name. Uh, So, Tanya, I'm with you. Keep praying, fasting if you feel like that will help. Uh, But yes, make sure that we are praying to God to ask others to do this ourselves as well. We'll be right back. 